1: Hey, it's Dan, and we are here on a Tuesday with our Orange to or Brown Talk podcast. It's going to be Mary Kay and I today talking all about the Jared Goff-Matt Stafford trade, what it means for Baker Mayfield's future, and we get into a little bit about what we would do with Baker Mayfield this offseason as far as his extension is. concerned. So look, we're going to be talking a lot about that this offseason, it's going to be one of the big topics in the NFL, and of course, for the Browns. Before we get started, I've got to tell you about Football Insider, as always, where you can get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns, a newsletter exclusive to our subscribers, written by a member of our Browns team, and of course, you can get in on our texting, which is a lot of fun. It's kind of like a little club within a club, I guess, if you want to take your Insider subscription. A little bit further. Check it all out at clevelandcom Browns. Click the blue banner at the top of the page to get more information and to get signed up. And away we go on a Tuesday. Dan Lobby and Mary Kay Cabot. And today, Mary Kay, we are going to talk about something you wrote over the weekend and really the big NFL news of the weekend and, and sort of how it applies to the Cleveland Browns. And that, of course, is the gigantic trade. Matthew Stafford going to LA. He'll play for Sean McVeigh and the Rams. The Rams giving up on Jared Goff, sending him to Detroit, a whole bunch of draft capital that they kind of had to give up to to give away that contract. Uh, you mentioned it in your story. It was a little reminiscent of what we saw the Browns do uh, when they basically bought a second-round pick, a uh, very NBA-style trade. So let, let's go back to, I think it was Saturday night when the, the trade broke. What was kind of your
0: first reaction to the whole thing? Well, first of all, I you know it was a shocker to know that Such a short amount of years after Jared Goff was taking his team to the Super Bowl that he was getting traded to the Lions. It's a stunner to me. Both Carson Wentz and Jared Goff together. The fact that neither of them have worked out with their teams after they got these blockbuster deals, it really is bizarre. I I think I I was shocked, just like everybody else, and then of course the next thing that came to my mind was baker mayfield what does this mean for baker mayfield of the last four quarterbacks the last four first round quarterbacks to get these blockbuster extensions as soon as they're eligible for them three of them have not worked out with their current team or as i as i mentioned carson wentz is hanging on by a thread in philadelphia jared goff was traded by the Rams to the Lions. And Deshaun Watson wants the heck out of Houston. So it it really is amazing to think that, you know, you've got your guy, you're paying him an enormous amount of money. And then before you know it, it all goes up in smoke. And I think it's a cautionary tale for what the Browns need to do.
1: And what's interesting is all those situations are so different because, you know, you mentioned the golf thing and it like just didn't work. You know, it, it just, for, for whatever reason, he fell out of favor. He never built on that, that year he put together when they went to the Super Bowl. For Wentz, it was this combination of he couldn't stay healthy, and then this last year was just a complete disaster for him. And then with Watson, it's not that he's done anything necessarily. It's just the organization around him turned into a complete mess. It's being run by Jack Easterby. They hired Nick Casario, of course. And, but, but he obviously has just completely lost trust in that organization as we talk about the Browns, I guess let, let's talk about a couple reasons why maybe their situation is different from what Jared Goff Deshaun, from all of these situations. And I think it starts with, it, it does seem like they've gone all in on Baker Mayfield. Like when they did this last reset and it was teetering, you know, after that Freddie kitchen's year, I, I think it was definitely teetering, but they decided on the, on this last reset, they were going to go all in on playing to Baker Mayfield strengths. So I mean, is that fair to say that that's maybe a little different than some of these other situations?
0: Yeah, that's very true. They have done that. And, uh, you know, I think that was obviously the priority in the off season. Uh, Not only to get a system in here and a coach in here that would be compatible with Baker Mayfield, but also to beef up the offensive line to get to sign Austin Hooper. So they did. They did go all in with Baker. They put all their eggs in that basket to make sure that they're doing everything they can to help their 2018 number one overall pick be successful. And if you looked at the first half of the season, it it was he was kind of on life support a little bit. And the, the thought was this might not work out. Maybe he won't even get the fifth-year option. That's, that's the point he was at uh, midway through the season when he was coming off basically the Pittsburgh game there, that loss to Pittsburgh where he threw the two, two interceptions. And then he got it turned around. I mean, he really got it turned around. After he threw that pick in Cincinnati that resulted in Odell Beckham Jr.'s torn ACL, he went on to throw 20 touchdown passes and only two interceptions the rest of the way, including playoffs. So That's remarkable. But still, Dan, I, I really still think that they're going to take a long, hard look at what has happened with the last four quarterbacks that signed those extensions as soon as they were able to do it. I still think it's going to give them pause because they don't have to do it. Here's the other thing to remember. Those four other guys that we're talking about, they've either taken their team to the Super Bowl or almost taken their team to the Super Bowl in the case of Carson Wentz. He went 11-2 and, and then tore his ACL, so he couldn't finish the job. Nick Foles finished it up for him and won a Super Bowl for the Eagles. But for all intents and purposes, he got them there, right? I mean, he, he got them in that
1: position. He, he put him in position, yeah.
0: He put him in position. All the rest of these court, four quarterbacks that we're talking about have either won Super Bowls, been named the Super Bowl MVP, have made Pro Bowls, multiple Pro Bowls, or taken their team to the Super Bowl. Baker Mayfield has done none of those things. He's done none of those things. And yet we're still talking about wondering if he, if they're going to sign him to this extension, this offseason. season. So I, I think they have a lot to think about. I think they have a lot to think about because not only has he not done any of those things that we're talking about, he hasn't yet put together one full good season.
1: Right. That That's, that's kind of the caveat. When we talk about Baker, there's only been, really the end of 2018 and, and then the end of this season. And those were spectacular. I mean, the, the numbers he put up were, were spectacular. We'll, we'll probably dig into those a little bit as we go along here. So I'm sensing from you and kind of when I, when I read your post from over the weekend and hearing you talk now, I'm sensing from you that you kind of feel like this trade should send up a whole bunch of red flags to the Browns front office. Maybe they shouldn't do the extension this season. If Paul De Podesta came to you and said, Mary Kay, you're in charge. You're doing our contracts this off season. It, so- it sounds to me like you wouldn't do it.
0: I would wait. I would exercise some caution and I would wait. All they have to do is pick up the fifth year option for 2022 and you buy yourself some time and then you get to see what and who he is next season. And then, I mean, he might, he might be lights out and end up with $40 million a year instead of 35 million dollars a year right i mean he could help himself if he goes out and he's lights out but i even saw something interesting from from espn's bill barnwell the other day where where he was saying a team should exercise caution especially in these situations especially if the quarterback that you're talking about has had a, a pretty good as phil savage used to say a pretty good cockpit within to operate right i mean If you've got a great offensive line in front of you, you've got a great running game, you've got great skill players and and everything around you is pretty darn good, you need a little bit more data perhaps to make sure that the quarterback himself is the reason why you're winning. And now you can look at Deshaun Watson and say, all right, we have our answer, right? I mean, they traded away DeAndre Hopkins, and he still had a really amazing season so i mean they
1: fired they fired his coach in the middle of the year
0: <laughs> they fired his coach in the middle of the year so things around around him were not perfect things around him were not perfect but he still performed at a very very high level given all of that he's still not going forward potentially with the organization that signed him to this blockbuster deal that pays him thirty nine million dollars a year
1: Let, let's take this aside real quick because I, we, we do have to at least discuss this we're going to talk quarterbacks and we're going to talk extensions and trades and things like that obviously it's been the you know sports talk fodder here for the last week baker mayfield certainly made it a topic when when he tweeted about it look anything's possible but is, is the deshaun watson thing just off the table like there's no way that the browns would consider it
0: I think there there probably is no way that the Browns would consider it. But I will also say that if it becomes apparent, if it becomes apparent that there is no way he's going to be playing for the Texans and that he does somehow, that it, it's it's legit and he is on the trading block, then I think Andrew Berry owes it to himself and to the organization to at least pick up the phone. I think you have to. I think you have to, I mean, I think you have to say, I've checked into everything that I possibly can to make this football team better. So, I mean, I think you at least have to inquire, but there's a difference between inquiring and pursuing. Hey, you need to know what if this guy says, oh yeah, we love Baker Mayfield. We would love, what if Nick Casario says, that's the one guy we want. We, we want Baker and we want like three more things, but we have to have Baker Mayfield. You never know. You, you never know. Because there probably aren't that many quarterbacks that will be available in a trade that you feel can step in and win games for you right away right and baker mayfield has demonstrated that he can do that and there are plenty of people that really like him a lot so i think they owe it to themselves to at least inquire but i don't think it's realistic i think it would take way too much they would have to love baker mayfield and then they would want other key pieces too. I mean, they would probably want Miles Garrett, right? Yeah. I mean, like if you're trading Deshaun Watson, you're going to set the bar so incredibly or, high.
1: Or Denzel Ward or someone Or Denzel
0: like Ward. And you're picks. going to want first round picks. You're going to want star players. You're going to want, and, and you're going to have to love the quarterback. And then the other thing is that Deshaun Watson would have to want to come to Cleveland to a team that really did not, value him very highly in 2017. If they did, all they had to do was draft him and they didn't. I would think that he might have second thoughts about coming to Cleveland, knowing that the organization now it's, it's different people for the most part, but Andrew Barry was on that staff
1: yep. in
0: 2017. He was on Sashi Brown's staff in 2017 when they didn't draft him at number 12. So that could play into this whole situation. It could be off the table before... before that phone call even needs to be made. Sometimes through back channels, you find things out. They could possibly have some inkling through the agent, don't even bother because of what happened in 2017. Now, I don't know if that's the case, but it's certainly plausible that he might not be overjoyed to come to a place that didn't value him highly in 2017.
1: Yeah. So, so this will, this will bring us back to the Baker discussion in my mind. And and look, you know, I loved Deshaun Watson coming out of Clemson. I originally made the case, take him number one. Now that would have been the wrong move, obviously. But then when he fell to 12, that seemed like a no brainer. They decided not to take it. And, And I think for this football team, they're one of those teams that set a point like, Hey, you had your shot. You had your shot. You decided to go a different direction. This is your quarterback. This is the guy you chose. Now, obviously, John Dorsey was the guy that made the pick a year later. This is the guy you chose to ride with. This is the guy you've chosen to build around. And frankly, he's shown you that you can win with him, and he's shown you that he can excel in this system. So at some point, if you're the Browns, you just sort of have to look at the Deshaun Watson thing, unless the offer were to turn out to be way too good to pass up, You know, where you wouldn't have to give up as much as you thought you would. just feels like you've got to say, hey, we had our shot at this guy and we missed it. So we've just kind of ride. You got to ride with what you have and, and what you have isn't that bad. You know, I mean, Baker Mayfield has a chance to ascend to a point where he's in a similar space as Deshaun Watson. When we talk about him.
0: Right. And that, that's, that's the key here is that the Browns are excited about Baker Mayfield. We heard the way that they talked about Baker Mayfield, that the way that Andrew Barry talked about him in his postseason press conference, the way that Kevin Stefanski talked about him, they really seem to believe that his future is incredibly bright and that the sky is still the limit which we've heard that from from this group that they believe that the sky is the limit for him they think he can take them to the super bowl and win it if they didn't think that then they would have to be upgrading in some way because that's the goal that's where the bar is set you you want to get to the super bowl and you want to win it so they think he can get them there obviously and they're excited about that and as you mentioned he demonstrated i mean he came pretty darn close right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he came pretty darn close. I still believe missed opportunity. They should have won that game. Now in the future, of course, you're going to have to get past. For the most part, you're probably going to have to get past Patrick Mahomes playing the full game, right? You might have to get past Deshaun Watson. They believe that he can do those things. And they're excited to see what he can do in the second year of Kevin Stefanski's scheme, because look what he did In the first year of it, he really excelled once he got to the midway point, and they figured out what to do with him, and he figured out how to work within the framework of what they wanted him to do, and they did play action, and they did the boots, and all that kind of stuff, but having said all that, I do think it's important to see a player in the second year of a scheme, because just like they did with Jared Goff and Sean McVay, and just like they did with Carson Wentz, teams get a little bit of a book on you and they figure out how to play you. They figure out how to defend you. They figure out what you're going to do well and what you're not going to do well. Now teams are going to have that book. And so I think I do think it's, it's important to come back and see who and what he is in the second season. Not only that, Dan, you're looking at the fourth easiest schedule in 2020. In 2021, they're going to have the ninth toughest schedule. Depending on what goes on with, teams and quarterbacks, because we don't know. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers might not be very good next year, depending on what happens at their quarterback situation. The Texans, who they play next year, who knows how good they're going to be next year if they don't have Deshaun Watson. So when you look at the schedule and you see that it's the ninth toughest schedule right now, that's predicated on certain beliefs or truths that you think about these teams that we don't know if those things are going to be holding up next year but potentially it's a tougher schedule,
1: right? You know, you never know what does. I mean, you know, you could throw out any number of scenarios, like maybe Justin Herbert takes a huge leap next year, maybe takes a step back, right? Because they're playing the AFC West. Let me take the Jared Goff trade and use it as a case and see what you think about this. Use it as a case for signing Baker Mayfield this offseason for giving mm-hmm. him the extension, taking okay. the opposite route here. So the Rams, obviously, they go to the Super Bowl. They go all in on Jared Goff. They, they give him that extension, right? It ends up not working out. He struggles. He takes steps back. And yet, here we are a few years later. They were able to take that contract. And yes, they had to attach some things to it. But we've seen the Rams just don't care about draft picks. The Rams are all in. They're, tra- they're throwing first-round picks away. I, I can't remember what the stat is, but they, they haven't made a first-round pick. Does it go back to Jared Goff? Maybe I can't remember. I don't have it right in front of me right now. I think it does. Yeah, but they've been giving away draft picks like crazy for Jalen Ramsey, for all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So there was a cost to making this trade for them because they had to attach some really good things. But yet, here they are. It didn't work out with Jared Goff, but they were still able to go out and find their quarterback. They paid him that money. And when it didn't work out, they were able to just go out and find the next guy. So to me... I guess I look at it like, okay, make the commitment to Baker. Just, I mean, get it out of the way, take everything off the table, take all the discussion off the table, just get it out of the way. It's done. He's your guy Mm -hmm. until he's not. And with the way this league is going, if he struggles, if he's, if he struggles, like Jared Goff's ended up struggling. And and by the way, I looked this up, his under pressure numbers were actually a lot better. They were like middle of the road, Baker Mayfield's in in the last six games of the season, which, Mm -hmm. which was, was a big step up because he was down around where Jared Goff was for most of the year. And I think he ended up below Jared Goff for the season, but it improved in the final month of the year, get it out of the way, pay the guy. If he takes it and runs with it. Great. You probably end up getting a steal because you're doing it early. And if he doesn't with the way this league is going and and the way I think the cap is going to rebound once we're out of the pandemic. And and this is probably going to be just a one-year thing. You can probably go find a guy. I, I think we're seeing players, especially quarterbacks more and more using their, using their leverage. So a guy like Matt Stafford who hasn't won anything is still able to say, I, I want out. I'm done. Get me out of here. Deshaun Watson, right? I want out. It's trade me. Who knows? We'll see how that plays out, but it's probably going to happen at some point. He's going to be able to force his hand. I would just do it. I would do it. And if you need to, if you need to make a move in three years, Go ahead and make the move. I know that sounds a little flippant, but to me, this just shows me that you made the commitment. You saw what could happen. So unless there's somebody out there right now, who's better, or if you think there's somebody next year, who's going to be better, I I would just make the commitment and deal with it later if you have to. Because I I think we're entering an era in the league when you're going to be able to go out and get guys if you need to.
0: Well, a case can be made for that. And I'm I'm sure that the Browns will go back over those pros and cons a million different times and really look deeply into it. But when you're talking about, and you make, you make a great point there, but when you're talking about that Jared Goff trade for Matthew Stafford, they had to give up a lot. They had to give up a lot to make that happen. They basically paid the Lions to take Jared Goff's really huge salary off their hands you don't really want to get into that situation. You know, you, you don't want to find yourself in that situation and then have to be at the mercy of another team that's willing to make that kind of an MBA style salary dump deal with you because those aren't going to come around all the time. I mean, like you mentioned, the Rams aren't valuing those first-round picks, but not not everybody's going to be like that. You can't count on making a deal like that. If you could the eagles would probably be making a deal like that or at least they would be potentially trying to and maybe they are trying to but those kind of deals are probably very few and far between it has to be the perfect storm and this seemed to be the perfect storm i mean they were able to go out and find a guy like matthew stafford that just fell from the heavens (laughs) you know i mean like all of a sudden detroit wants to trade matthew stafford so they were able to, to find a willing trade partner in this regard You don't really want to have to count on that, but I do understand what you're saying, Dan, you know, why not make the commitment you're showing, you're showing that he's your guy, but you could be saddled with a, with a contract in, and we don't really know. I think you're right. I think the, the salary cap will rebound from what they're going through right now. They're going to get the TV contracts and I'm sure everything will be fine, but you still don't want to put yourself in dire financial straits with a quarterback when you don't have to if you had to then by all means go ahead and do it but the truth is they don't have to they can take their time they have other avenues by which to accomplish this and i think one of the only drawbacks for waiting is the relationship with the player that to me do you see any other drawbacks dan when you look at this So
1: this is the other piece and it's sort of along the same vein of of what you're talking about, right? So, so you're referring to the player and the front office relationship essentially. I wonder what it does to a locker room. Mm -hmm. You know, I wonder what it does when a team just comes out and says, yeah, we're not, we're not going to extend our quarterback. You know, a part of me just thinks like, are these guys in that locker room going to wonder, Ooh, is this front office wavering on him? You know, and then he yeah, has a bad game, a couple bad games. Now, maybe I, I, I do wonder what it does when you put your cards on the table and the rest of the team sees, yeah, we're not committing to this guy yet. I, I think that's an element of it.
0: Yeah, you're right. That would be an element of it. Uh, but I think most guys understand it's a business. And even though the trend in the last couple of years, the last two cycles that this has been available, the trend has been, to jump into the extension. I think these the fact that three out of the four haven't worked out, 75% of them have not worked out, I think those represent cautionary tales. I think that this is a very uh, savvy, smart group full of Harvard-educated people. And maybe they will go ahead and do it, like I said before. Maybe they'll get caught up in extension mania because the Buffalo Bills will probably extend Josh Allen this off season. They seem all in on him. The only reason why they wouldn't would be cut would be for financial considerations in a weird COVID year where the cap is going to drop. And even though it's not going to really necessarily affect your cap this year, it will affect your cash output this year in terms of the signing bonus and things like that. They could get caught up, caught up in extension mania. Now, even the Ravens who can do the same thing this year with Lamar Jackson are not committing to doing it this summer. They're committing to doing it. And they're saying, Oh heck yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. They haven't said that they're going to do it this summer or, or this offseason per se heading into this next season. I will find it interesting to see how the three teams that, that have a chance to do it, how they approach it, how they go about it. I would have to say thumbs up this this year on for sure on Josh Allen. And I would have to say Lamar and Baker. Maybe they aren't 100% sure yet that they're going to do this this summer.
1: So let me ask you this. We, we mentioned the smart front office. We mentioned how they approach things. And I think you throwing out the, the data on the last however many number. I mean, I'm sure they're paying attention to that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like these extensions haven't always worked. Somewhere that's coming up in a meeting, I'm sure, in that front office. But it's not just Andrew Barry and Paul D. Podesta and Kevin Stefanski and whoever else in, in that building. Mm-hmm. It's also ownership. Mm-hmm. And we've seen ownership is all in on this guy. At least that's the impression they've given us, right? How much of a role does that play? Could Jimmy go into or JW or whoever go into Paul D. Podesta's office or Andrew Barry's office and say, look, we're doing this. We're, we're paying this guy.
0: I think it plays a role. I do. I definitely think it plays a role. It's it's going to be an organizational decision. Now, first of all, I think they completely implicitly trust their chief strategy officer, Paul De Podesta, and their general manager, Andrew Barry, to get this right. So I think they have full faith and trust in them. But they could also say, hey, we just want to do this now. We want to send the message that he's our guy and we want to back it up with money and we'll figure it out later if it doesn't work out but this is what we want to do. We have every reason to believe it's going to work out. We are going to sustain the offensive line the way that it is now. We're going to keep stocking this team with more talent. We love the coach. We see this only getting better as we go forward. They might want to do that. And if if they want to do it, then by all means, I'm sure it will happen. You do want your quarterback to be really happy with his situation. So I think that's part of it too. I think you have to sit, I think you sit down with the agent. I think you, you know, you sit down with the player and you kind of work it out so that everybody is happy with the arrangement.
1: And then there's a world too. Well, you know, first of all, I I don't know that it matters in this city, but you know, you mentioned it, this is a business. They got to sell tickets. They just had a season where they were only allowed to have 12,000 fans every game. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure they're thinking in the backs of their minds, Hey, you commit to this quarterback it's, there's a lot of money to be, to be made there for everybody involved, including the quarterback. Uh, so I'm sure that's part of the equation too, at least in their minds. But the other piece is, you know, maybe Baker's looking at it and he says, fine, you don't want to sign me. I'm just going to have a huge year in year four. And then you guys are going to have to pay me. You're going to have to give me a Deshaun Watson contract, or maybe even more than a Deshaun Watson contract. I, we're not even going to touch Patrick Mahomes deal, but you know, you're going to have to give me that type of contract now. Whereas if you had done it last year, maybe it wouldn't have been as high. So maybe there's a benefit to Baker too, to, to wait and get a second year in this system, make a pro bowl, win a couple more playoff games. It could certainly benefit him to wait.
0: It could because the price will go up. If he plays really well, the price will go up if they wait all the way until next off season. Now they could also do something during the season. When I asked, a salary cap specialist from CBS sports, Joel Corey, who we've had on our podcast before, and he's excellent at what he does. When I asked him what he would do, he said he would wait and do the extension midway through next season. Now, obviously that can be a distraction. Some people don't like to get involved in those kinds of things uh, in the middle of a season, but that was kind of his compromise is do it midway through the season. When you see that he is what you thought he was, that he's gotten better. That teams haven't figured things out, and that that everything looks like it's headed towards a Super Bowl, so so that's one thing. But as as you said, I mean, he could bet on himself, have a much better season all the way from the start. And because what happened again? Once the lights came on, twenty touchdowns, two interceptions. If you have those kind of numbers from the start, you're talking Pro Bowl. You're talking potential MVP. You're you're talking some. Pretty big accolades there if he absolutely lights it up from from day one next year. So he could end up with more money, and you have to. You might then be factoring in Dak Prescott's contract as well. He could end up in the forty million dollar range, and Josh Allen could end up in the forty million dollar a year range. So the price would go up.
1: Yeah, so I mentioned this earlier, and I just wanted to put it out there from week. 12 through week 17 under pressure and this is a big area for Mayfield it's where he struggled a lot in his career he was 13th this is from PFF 13th among quarterbacks with uh, at least 271 dropbacks under pressure or I'm sorry maybe it's total I think it's total dropbacks he was 13th 72 and a half rating you know not a great completion percentage 48.8 but honestly that that's kind of the norm for a lot of these guys except mm-hmm. the truly elite of the elite guys is adjusted completion completion percentage was 80% which is a little iffy I don't love that stat from PFF but what that tells you in Baker's case the eyeball test he was throwing the football away that's kind of mm-hmm. what they were factoring in there and they factor in drops and things like that but he, he wasn't taking some of those just disastrous sacks that we've seen him take so at the very least we saw progress there because in 2019, and at the beginning half of this season, he was right near the bottom of the league, right? Which is where Jared Goff has struggled and is ultimately was the, the downfall of Goff.
0: Right, and th- they figured that out schematically. They figured it out in terms of throwing the ball away. They figured it out in terms of checkdowns, play action, you name it. They, they schemed to make sure that he was functioning better under pressure. And and that's great. Like you said, the numbers were phenomenal. You want to see those be consistent over time. I mean, I actually think that it probably would behoove them to just watch him progress throughout a season and make sure that the trajectory continues upward. As as you have mentioned, there are pros and cons to, to doing that. And I'm very curious to see what they end up doing.
1: Hey, a mad baker is a good baker, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've got that going for him if they don't extend him. So he'll have that, that big old chip on his shoulder is just going to be that much bigger. It could work out for everybody in the end. I think we'll wrap up our uh, podcast there. That'll do it for our Tuesday edition. As always, make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Five days a week, we've got these coming your way. And we're going to start getting into some draft stuff and doing some fun stuff too with the whole group towards the end of every week. So make sure you're subscribed and also check out Football Insider. Head to cleveland.com slash Browns and click on the blue banner at the top of the page. So for Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.